0: Hello and welcome to the c and podcast. I'm Costanza Potter, news editor at C&D and you are listening to series four of A Coffee With, a podcast series where we sit down with some of pharmacy's most inspirational women to find out how they got to where they are today. In each episode I'll be chatting to a different woman in pharmacy about their career highs and lows, their aspirations and fears and everything in between. We'll hear plenty of words of wisdom as well as the piece of advice they wish they'd been given at the start of their career. So pour yourself a cuppa and join me for the latest instalment of A Coffee With. Today I'm joined by Claire Chapman, Senior Regional Manager at Rowlands to kick off our new series of the podcast. Claire joined Rowlands aged 19 as a pharmacy student and quickly rose through the ranks from managing her own branch at a young age to becoming area manager for Wrexham in the Wirral at 27 years old. Before taking on her new role as senior regional manager this year, working as a conduit between local branches, regional management and the Roland senior leadership team, Claire has taken on a variety of exciting projects. She's worked with the Welsh Management Group of the Company Chemist Association, deputised for the Superintendent Pharmacist in his Community Pharmacy Wales role, and worked to explore service opportunities in the Welsh Pharmacy contract. Welcome, Claire, and thanks so much for joining me today. We're delighted to have you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Let's start off by talking about how you got started in pharmacy. What made you want to study pharmacy in the first place?
1: Oh, so... I'd studied um, sciences at A-level and I was really looking for a career or a degree that would allow me to use that science background, but also allow me to work with people. And I'll be honest, it was the night before I had to fill my university form and I still didn't know what to put on it. And my mum suggested pharmacy. She'd worked in community pharmacy when she'd first left school. And her comment 30 years ago to me was, it's a good job for a woman and that's how, how I ended up applying to do pharmacy. That's brilliant. How did you kind of start off
0: in your career after you'd done your studies?
1: Whilst I was at university, I joined Rowlands as a pharmacy student, so just 19, and went on to complete my pre-reg year with them, and then they offered me my very first job as a relief pharmacist covering North Wales and Cheshire. So really had that fantastic opportunity to get practical work-based experience alongside studying, which stood me in great stead. Yeah, absolutely. Would you mind talking us through how that first role as relief pharmacist led to where you are today? So I didn't actually stay in that role very long. Quite quickly, within about three or four months, I think, I took my first management position. I was always looking for new challenges as a newly qualified pharmacist. And I sort of moved from that into my first management role and then quickly moved on to, uh, they kept sort of moving me to more challenging, bigger businesses, businesses that needed turning around. And that sort of led me to, by the time I was sort of, I'm going to say middle, mid to late 20s into moving into my first field-based role. There weren't that many opportunities in community pharmacy when I was newly qualified to use my clinical skills. But actually, what I found was that my strengths were more suited to the leadership than the clinical side of things anyway. And I was always asking, probably a bit precocious in a way, as a youngster, I was always asking people in more senior positions what their journey had been like. And I was curious about what they'd done and what their experience was that had got them into that that role.
0: Yeah and I guess it must be really fun for you almost coming full circle if you were the precocious youngster asking about people's careers and what their journey was like now to be on a podcast like this where I'm sure lots of people will be really keen to hear what your journey was like and from the sounds of it this is going to be a really hard question to answer because I'm sure there are many but I wondered if you could tell us about a few of your career highs.
1: Oh I think one of the Biggest things I get a high from is seeing people that have been within my team, being recognised for having done a really great job. That's my absolute real standout moments. But I think personally, being recognised for the work I've done to grow pharmacy services within the Welsh contract, And then how those enablers that I found that allowed us to do that were then adopted across the whole of the Rowlands estate. That was a real sort of pinch myself moment that I'd influenced across that sort of bigger stage. That sounds amazing. What kind of services were they? So it was when Wales went down a more service based uh, route, it was more about how could we enable the shift from things being very supply based to being service based. What would the what would we have to have in place? What would have to be true to allow that to happen? To give pharmacists that headspace to be able to do that and not just be tied to the dispensing bench. So it was it was lots of things like upskilling the support team. It was making sure that we had ACPT checking support within the pharmacies, that potentially we had separate we separated the management functions and really allowed pharmacists to have the headspace to be the clinical pharmacist they wanted to be. Yeah, great.
0: And hopefully other countries like England will follow in that, that example. And that would be brilliant. You talked about always looking for new challenges. And also, you mentioned your mum saying that pharmacy is a good job for a woman, kind of touching on both of those themes. What sort of challenges have you faced as a woman in pharmacy? And I guess, how did you overcome them?
1: The biggest challenge I had was when I was looking to return to work following maternity leave after the birth of my first son. I'd been in a head office role before going on maternity leave and there really wasn't an option for me to go back to that role that was, although it was office based, there was a lot of travel involved and there there was no option to work part-time or flexibly or job share at that time. So, I actually made the decision to go back to being a proper community pharmacist again. And I was really, really lucky to secure a role three miles away from where I lived. And I did that three days a week whilst my children were young. And at the time, I felt like my career progress had stalled. I'd kind of gone back to where I'd been several years earlier. Looking back, the time I spent while my sons were young, when I went back and did that, as services were starting to emerge, things like medicine juice reviews and discharge medicine reviews it gave me the opportunity to go back and understand what some of the challenges were with balancing moving from supply to services and sort of start to upskill my team around me to enable me to do that so it actually was invaluable and it made me a much better leader when I returned to a field management role for the second time just as my son was sort of turning three four and starting full-time school
0: Wow. Yeah. Brilliant. So I guess almost as a kind of touch point back into the sort of frontline grassroots work, just to see what it was like on the ground. And it's so encouraging as a woman myself to hear you say, you know, you felt like your career had stalled when you had your son, but that actually it was a really good time for you and a really helpful time. And on that note, do you have any advice for people who who do want to balance family life and a career in pharmacy, I'm sure there are lots of people who, like you, are thinking, oh, there aren't many opportunities to go part-time or how can I balance
1: this without stalling my career, like you said. There's two bits to that. I think things have moved on massively since the 15 years that Ago when I, I made that decision to do that. And there are those flexible working opportunities out there now. And fundamentally, I was able to go and do that. I went back in and then ultimately recruited somebody to job share with me. So I was able to do that. I think maintaining a work-life balance, like anything in life, it takes effort and a lot of self-discipline to sort of set those boundaries for yourself. One of the biggest things I had to do when I came back to work in full time was to learn to let go of the things that I'd been solely in control of and to ask for help. I don't think women find that very easy. I certainly don't find it very easy to either ask for or accept help. And I think it was really important to be incredibly organised and to share responsibility for the running of the family. So I've got a fabulous husband and you know, we really did have to have those honest conversations. And and it wasn't easy to start off with. I had to accept maybe letting go and letting him do something that maybe he wouldn't do to the same quality that I would. But I had a great mentor at the time, a lady called Sandra Hutchison. And she advised me that good enough was good enough. And I needed just to accept that, Some things I had to just let go. So that was really, really important. And I think the biggest thing and the thing that I still, to this day, I'm always working on is not forgetting to look after yourself. Sometimes when you're balancing work and you're balancing family, you forget to look after yourself and do that self-care. And actually, that is so important if you're going to continue to be healthy and able to meet all the challenges that you face head on. Really, really important that you remember to look after yourself and then not to be too hard on yourself. It's not always going to go smoothly. There are going to be times when you had everything balanced, and then something either comes out of the blue at work or something comes out of the blue at home, and for a while things get a bit unbalanced again. But actually, with a bit of planning and a bit of thought you can get yourself back on track and maintain that balance again so it's not, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> that's brilliant advice. I think whatever sector you're in we should all follow that advice. It's
0: really helpful and like you say looking after yourself is so important and that's the best way to to do well in all of your roles right if your your own cup is full absolutely. And we talked a lot about being a woman particularly in the sector. I wondered if you could share why you think it's important that we have this women in pharmacy platform that this podcast is a part of?
1: I think it's really, really important that we create a space where women can share that journey that they've been on, their pharmacy journey, the highs and and the real opportunities, but also the challenges that they've overcome. So that my sort of hope is that if somebody else is in that position that I was in back when my son was young, they're actually, the fact that I've talked about it sort of lighting the way ahead for the people that are coming behind me I really wish I'd had somebody to tell me that or I could have seen somebody that was doing that it would have really prevented me having a lot of angst I would say it's so important to have people ahead of you
0: lighting the way as you said I wanted to ask you about women in pharmacy that you particularly admire and why you look up to them so much
1: Oh, crikey. There's so many fabulous women in pharmacy at, at all levels. I've learned so much from, but I think the the woman I've always said I wanted to be when I grow up is Margaret McCrory, who until recently was the superintendent director at Rowland's Pharmacy. And Margaret had such a massive impact on community pharmacy from her superintendent role and also a wider role with the company Chem's Association and the work that she's done in Community Pharmacy Scotland. And I think the thing that I've always looked to Margaret and aspired to be more is no matter what challenges came up and we've had some challenges. I mean, Margaret led us through the recent COVID challenges. She was always cool, calm and under control. And I'm sure underneath she was paddling like mad, but the feeling that she just had it was, was just so inspirational. And then on a personal level, Margaret's really lifted me up during my career she's believed in me in times when I've been struggling to believe in myself. And that support gave me the confidence to overcome those challenges and then to embrace new opportunities and and move past those obstacles. So yeah, Margaret's uh, had a massive impact on me. She sounds like a really great leader. She is. That
0: sort of encouragement and and that sense of being in control in a way that gives confidence to those below. That that sounds, yeah, really great. And if you could give yourself a piece of advice at the very start of your career in pharmacy, what piece of advice would that be? What do you wish you'd been told when you first started out?
1: I think that I could achieve anything that I set my mind to. But when I look back, I think late 20s, Claire, kind of believed that anyway. I didn't have some of the responsibilities that I've maybe had as I've become older and moved through my life. So I think it's not only at the start of your career that you need those words of wisdom or you need to just remind yourself that you can do anything. I think as you maybe start to balance having a family with work or as you get to sort of middle age and there's uh, other challenges that come at that time in life as well, it's really, really important that we talk about these things and how we've overcome them and we support each other as women. And also at times just remind ourselves that we're doing a great job because uh, it, it can be challenging at times. That's great advice. I think
0: maybe I've changed my question. You're so right that we need to keep remembering these things as we go and Maybe sometimes we get lots of advice when we first start out and we need to keep hearing it as we go along, keep us confident and grounded and that's really helpful. What do you think needs to happen to make pharmacy a better or more rewarding or equitable career for women? Still, you talked about things improving a bit in the last few years since you first started out, but what what sort of still needs improvements as we kind of go forward as a sector?
1: So I think, as I say, in recent years, I have seen a much more open approach to sort of flexible working opportunities, people having the opportunity to stay in that more senior position and work flexibly. And and that's fantastic. As I say, I benefited from having a fantastic mentor at that key point of my life where I was sort of balancing family and uh, returning to full-time work. And I think as women working in pharmacy, we need to be brave and seek out those opportunities to be mentored and accept that help and advice and support. But equally, look for opportunities to mentor and support others. Because if we don't share that learning and if we don't support other people, then, then that's a real missed opportunity.
0: It would be almost like climbing up the ladder
1: and pulling up behind you, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And that's not what it's about. There's so many fabulous women out there that maybe with just that little bit of support or advice at the right time would make a massive difference to them. Mm, definitely. And I'm sure there are loads of young
0: female pharmacists looking up to people like you thinking, wow, wow. I want to be like Claire Chapman when I grow up, like you were saying about your own mentor. And that's just brilliant. As I'm sure you're aware, we're, we're launching this podcast for International Women's Day and we're delighted to be launching it with you as our first guest. And this year's theme for International Women's Day is about embracing equity. So I wanted to ask you, what role do you think pharmacy can play in helping to achieve gender equity? So
1: pharmacy as a profession is, is very female dominated. The latest GPhC registration figures show 62% of pharmacists and 86% of pharmacy techs are female. So if ever there was a profession that has a sufficiently big talent pool of fabulous women to progress into more senior roles, then it's got to be pharmacy. We really should be at the very front of leading that that equity piece. Yeah. Oh, Amen. <laughs> Yeah. And just finally, to
0: close off what's been a really brilliant chat, what would you say you're most excited about for the future for women in pharmacy?
1: I'm massively excited for the future of community pharmacy as a whole, for for everybody. I think the opportunities for clinical development that just weren't there when I qualified, my inner pharmacist is really, really excited about that. And I think with me working in Wales and looking across Wales and Scotland, we're really leading the way in those countries with the Choose Pharmacy and the Pharmacy First, nationally commissioned prescribing services that are really establishing community pharmacy as the place to go for patient care. And that gives fabulous opportunities for people to grow and develop their skills. And I think we're there also looking at, looking across the border now, so to see what innovation will come out of the work in England, to establish the Pathfinder sites for independent prescribing. So the changes in community pharmacy will just provide so many more opportunities for women to develop either through their career or obviously it's going to be a very different career to enter into come 2026 when we've got pharmacists who are coming into the profession as prescribers. It's really exciting times ahead. It feels like a
0: really exciting time, like we're on the cusp of something
1: mm.
0: something brilliant. Well, great, thank you so much. That's been really helpful, really brilliant.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome.
0: That brings us to the end of the first episode of series four of c A Coffee With podcast. Thank you so much to Claire Chapman for talking to us about her role as Senior Regional Manager at Rowlands and for sharing so much wisdom that women working in pharmacy should remember, not only at the start of their careers, but right throughout their journey. Next time, join me as I chat to Aya Abbas, president of the National Association of Women Pharmacists. For more news and updates on CND's Women in Pharmacy group, please check out the CND community via our website chemistanddruggist.co.uk. Thank you for listening.